If you could do anything you wanted to do without anything holding you back, what would it be? Everyone has a purpose in life, and others want to hear the purposeful value that is in you. Now, here is the host of the Value in You show, your guiding coach and mentor, Ellis Kirkpatrick. I do like that music that starts out. So I thank you for being here today. Um, I have to tell you, though, that my guest speaker, Johnny Dobbs, is not going to be here. He had some work-related things going on. So um, we're going to make it up maybe in December, but but we'll get him back here. Just an amazing person. Um, if you need to know anything about, um, you know, Facebook or YouTube or what to do, he's he's the man to go to. So we are going to start out with Thanksgiving in America here. We're celebrating our Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday. And usually you get together with family and friends and you have these big meals. You watch the big football game. You see the parades and all of this. But this year, our family is doing something different. <laughs> We're buying a house. <laughs> it has been quite a process and uh, nothing like anything we've had to deal with before. So my husband and I are staying home for Christmas. So or for Thanksgiving. Ah, sorry again, my holidays confused already. Um, we're going to stay here, but we're going to do video chat with our family, which is so lovely. We can do that. Um, it was never available when I was growing up, and now we get to see our grandchildren and our kids and see what they're doing and, and get to be a visual part of their lives, which is really nice. I would have loved that with my family. So Thanksgiving is here, and this can be a time of fun and laughter and family and so much food. Um, we're going to take a look at Thanksgiving in different countries, the traditions in our own country, and are there stories, songs, or dances that go with Thanksgiving? Well, that might be something we can look at. And uh, what are some happy memories? Boy, yeah. Um, this will be the fourth Friday of the month, and it's also going to be the last Friday of the month. So as the fourth Friday of the month, we're going to see what's going on with Mary and Joseph. I think last time we were talking about, he was talking about divorcing Mary. Even though they weren't married yet, it's traditional that once you've been betrothed to somebody, that it's just as if you're married. So we're going to see what's going on with that. And I'm going to let you know, it is not what you might be thinking, um, Maybe you do know, I don't know. And since the last Friday of the month, we're going to take a little genealogy tour. Um, but we're going to try and tie it in with current events. So I hope you enjoy that. So let's get started right here. Um, what are some happy memories? I want to talk about that. What are the memories you have of Thanksgiving? Now, I know the holidays can be really tough on a lot of people. Um, you didn't have happy memories of Thanksgiving. Things were or not, like we see in the Norman Rockwell painting or in, you know, any of the stories and movies that we watch. But what happiness can you find in it? You know, the one thing I like about Thanksgiving for us here in America is we are giving thanks for what we do have. Thanks for, for things that, um, not necessarily material things, but, you know, friends, thankful that, we have a roof on our head for those who don't have a roof over their head. They're thankful that they're still alive and 
they can go forward. You don't have to be stuck wherever you are. You can make choices to get out of it. It's tough. And, you know, you may not think there's choices, but there are choices. But I don't want to be on the negative today. I want to really give you some positive value. So I thought what we could do, um, some of my happy memories. Let's see. Mine are um, usually always with my mom's parents, my grand grandparents on my mom's side. My family loved to laugh. Um, we had fun. We'd always go try to see them. Sometimes it was snowing. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, you know, maybe in your part of the world uh, this time of year, you're having picnics on the beach. Who knows? Um, so let's talk a little bit about what other countries do. Okay. So I found out that there are a whopping 15 countries that celebrate their own version of Thanksgiving. I was surprised. I knew about Canada having a Thanksgiving holiday, but 15, it's like, wow, um, their traditions are a little bit different, but the underlying sentiment of this holiday is the same. It's a chance to spend time with friends and family and reflect on what's most important in life. And that's what we need to be doing. So in Canada, their uh, Thanksgiving started about 1578, 40 years before the first American holiday. China celebrates their annual, and I'm sorry if I say this wrong, it's a moon festival, Cheng Chu, Hmm. or fall festival, 15th day of the eighth lunar cycle of the year. Similar harvest festival is in Vietnam. Germany has a Thanksgiving, which is a harvest festival. Uh, Granada celebrates Thanksgiving annually on October 25th. Japan, November 23rd every year. Korea, and I am not even going to try to say that, um, which translates to the 15th day of the eighth month. Uh, Thanksgiving in Liberia is celebrated on the first Thursday of November each year. The Netherlands has a version of Thanksgiving directly related to the holiday we celebrate in the United States. Um, and surprisingly, despite our turbulent past, the UK has begun to embrace our American Thanksgiving. Brazil celebrates their Thanksgiving holiday on the same day that we Americans do. Barbados has a Thanksgiving in the form of a harvest festival. Ghana has a crop over festival. <laughs> Malaysia as observes the Kamatan, Kamatan harvest festival. And Israel has their own as well. Um, and as you've noticed, most agricultural-based civilizations have some form of celebrating food and life. But the same central themes of all of these holidays and festivals are food, family, and being thankful, grateful for what we have. And I like that, you know. A lot of people say, oh, Thanksgiving is celebrating when the pilgrims came over. And it's really not. Thanksgiving is celebrating what we have. Thankful for the food that we have. Thank you for the year of harvest that we've had. Thankful for our family and our friends, uh, for those around us. Thankful we have work. 
Um, I know for a few years when my husband was injured, we didn't have work. Um, but I was still thankful that he was here. You know, there's always things you can be thankful for. And it actually makes your body better and your brain increase, um, give you good endorphins to be thankful for what you have. So that brings us to increasing endorphins, making you happy. Does America have, I'll have to say North, uh, the United States of America, can't say North America because that includes Canada, but, but do we here in the U.S. have traditional Thanksgiving songs or do we have traditional dances? And from the research that I did, and, and albeit it was very brief, I did not see that we had traditional dances, but I found a fun Thanksgiving freeze dance with Coach uh, Corey Martin on YouTube. <laughs> I have to say it was quite hilarious with pumpkins flying and footballs going and dancing squirrels. It was pretty cute. So if you get a chance to see that, not that I'm promoting one over the other, there were other freeze dances too, but I thought, what is a freeze dance? Then I found out. So uh, fun Thanksgiving freeze dance with Coach Corey Martin, if you want to look it up. But no, I didn't see any traditional Thanksgiving dances, but I did find out we had some traditional songs. And I was surprised. The most popular one is called We Gather Together. And it actually came from a Dutch hymn, the Netherlands. And I am not going to try to say it. Um, it was written to celebrate the Dutch victory over the Spanish forces in the Battle of Turnhout. Who would have known that our, our American Thanksgiving song would come from that? Um, let's see. Uh, it was written in 1877, translated into Latin, um, based on the 16th century Dutch folk song. Okay, I, Wilder, then Wilt. In 1894, Theodore Baker translated it into English, and it first appeared in an American hymnal in 1903. <laughs> so, anyway, it was just kind of a very different song. You can look it up. It's called We Gather Together. It's a very traditional Thanksgiving song for America. I didn't know that. Maybe you did. Um, another song is called... <laughs> Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> it was made into a movie two years later, about 1969. <laughs> it was different. Uh, the Day Before Thanksgiving by Daryl Scott. Not so much a, a hymn, it says, as it is an anthem. Thanksgiving by Luden Wainwright III was written as a prayer. Thanksgiving Song by Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, simple, cut-to-the-chase songs about the most important part of human interaction. Um, to notice the rare and precious quiet beauty in a family gathering for a meal. I like that. And then Turkey in the Straw, which is a traditional song, American popular fiddle and dance tune. So maybe we do have a dance if we do Turkey in the Straw, because there are dance steps that go with that. So I don't know, maybe you knew about all of this. 
I didn't know about any of it. It was quite amazing. So the first Thanksgiving, you know, uh, in school, you usually have, um, you draw your around your fingers and you make your turkey, give it a little waddle, <laughs> actually comes over the nose. Um, you color the feathers, you do kinds of things like that. We talked about the pilgrims and the Indians, but what really happened on that first Thanksgiving? Well, when we come back from the break, I'm going to let you know. Maybe in the meantime, you can go look up turkey in the straw or be a freeze dance and see what you can find. Um, but when we come back, we'll talk about that, uh, about the, the first Thanksgiving and some of the things we do now. And we'll see you right after the break. <laughs> You've completed college or university, or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more, or were you? Yes, we each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Ellis will help you find your purpose. Listen for The Value in You Show with Alice Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Value in You show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to valueinyoupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. Great. This is wonderful. I'm glad you're coming back. I love that commercial break. <laughs> so we were going to talk about first Thanksgiving with some of the traditions are, you know, here in America, at least when I was going to school, I'm not sure quite what they do now because all my grandkids are much older. <laughs> and uh, we used to, you know, put on the, Thanksgiving uh, program where we had the pilgrims and the, we called them Indians then, Native Americans getting together, sharing a meal together. Um, you know, we had the costumes, we made the turkeys out of our fingers and different colors. Well, not out of our fingers, but tracing over our fingers, um, the different colors, you know, time to celebrate the leaves. And, and that's one thing that's nice about Thanksgiving, I think, is all of the colors. You know, we're getting ready to go into winter season. So we get to take this one last really hurrah to celebrate the colors, changing of the leaves on the trees. Um, it's so beautiful out right now. 
you know, the deep reds, the oranges, bringing in the harvest, pumpkins that are still in the fields. You know, a lot of times people leave their onions in the ground because they stay nice and, and taken care of. Um, you know, you don't have to pull them out. They're still going to be good and healthy. Um, but what about that first Thanksgiving? So I did a little research and please forgive me if I say this name incorrectly, the Wampanoag um, and the Pilgrims. So the Wampanoag did help the Pilgrims learn to survive the new land. Remember, um, the Pilgrims came over, um, everything was different. They weren't prepared for what we had here. You know, knowing how to grow crops in this soil is different than where they were at. The weather was different. Um, but they helped them do that. The relationship between them started out to be mutually beneficial. And it was interesting to find out that in the years before the pilgrims arrived, um, two thirds of the Wapanoag people had been wiped out by a mysterious disease. I did not know that. I was just really, just kind of blew my mind, I guess, that that happened. Um, uh, but we're very thankful that they were here. Um, and please forgive me again if I mispronounce this. Usamaquin, the great sachem of the Wapanaw, had to decide between letting the pilgrims struggle or become their allies. Doing so would allow his people to gain access to weapons needed to fend off the Naragansets. I am so sorry. A neighboring tribe who now far outnumbered them. So it was mutually beneficial, um, largely with the uh, help of an interpretation by Tisquantum, also known as Squanto, name you may recognize from history in school. Now, uh, Squanto taught the pilgrims to plant beans and squash with maize around it using fish remains as fertilizer. And if you know anything about the three sisters, you plant your your corn, you plant your squash around there, you plant your beans, the beans climb the corn stalks, the squash protects the land, the fish uh, fertilizes the soil. So everything grows well together. Um, here in gardening, you know, it's called the three sisters. Um, but according to Mashpi Wampano, one of the three Wampano tribes remaining out of the original 69, tribe members were not invited, but showed up later, possibly after hearing recreational gunfire and believing they needed to aid the pilgrims. So that was kind of interesting. So when did Thanksgiving really become our national holiday? Well, it took almost 160 years later, in 1621, President George Washington declared November 26, 1789, as a day of prayer and thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving itself was not celebrated annually until 1863, when Abraham Lincoln declared the last Thursday of November as Thanksgiving Day to celebrate the Union Army Army's victory at Gettysburg. Then, I want to read something. This I thought was very interesting. It's from the Custer Weekly Chronicle out of Custer City, South Dakota on Saturday, November, oh boy, 25th, 
1960. That was a newspaper article. You can find it at newspapers.com. Um, the country is called to give thanks. President Wilson issues Thanksgiving proclamation Thursday, November 30th. I'm calling upon America can contribute out of our abundant means to the relief of those living in belligerent nations upon whom the curse and terror of war has so pitilessly fallen, President Wilson issued his Thanksgiving proclamation. He says November 30th as a date of Thanksgiving is a pill for its observance follows. I wish I could say it in a more manly voice, but it has long been the custom of our people to turn in the fruitful autumn of the year in praise and thanksgiving to Almighty God for his many blessings and mercies to us as a nation. The year that has elapsed since we last observed our day of thanksgiving has been rich in blessing to us as a people, but the whole face of the world has been darkened by war. In the midst of our peace and happiness, our thoughts dwell with a painful disquiet upon the struggles and sufferings of the nations at war and of the people upon whom war has brought disaster without choice or possibility to escape on their part. We cannot think of our own happiness without thinking also of their pitiful distress. Now, therefore, I, Woodrow Wilson, President of the United States of America, to appoint Thursday, the 30th of November, as a day of national thanksgiving and prayer, and urgent advice of people to resort to their several places of worship on that day to render thanks to Almighty God for the blessings of peace and unbroken prosperity, which He has bestowed upon our beloved country in unstinted measure. And I also urge and suggest our duty in this our day of peace and abundance. To think in deep sympathy of the people of the world upon whom the curse of terror of war has so pitiless fallen, and to contribute of our abundant means to the relief of their sufferings. Our people could, in no better way, show their real attitude towards the present struggle of the nations than by contributing out of their abundance to the relief of the sufferings which war has brought in its train. In witness thereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. And there was a little note that said, let us give thanks after this. Not because the president has told us to do it, but because our hearts prompt us, let us gather together. And it says the pastor will speak on the story of Thanksgiving or lest we forget. But I liked what was said. We're not going to be thankful because we were told to do it, but because our hearts prompt us. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about, is being thankful from your heart. And I know there's times that are tough and that we don't want to be thankful, but, but we need to be thankful. So what can I be thankful for? You. I'm thankful for you. You you are here. You you know contribute by being here in my audience, and I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful that I have this wonderful platform to share my stories, to share our history of our country, to share the insights I have, 
um, to bring value into your lives, to talk about what's coming up for the holidays, to find ways to share with you. Um, on my website, www.lskirkpatrick.com, you know, I still have the freebies for you, freebies to help you organize your your holiday seasons. And, and please include all your holidays, no matter what country you're from. Um, there's plenty of freebies on there to help you get things started and to do what you need to do and enjoy the holidays, spending time together, not stressing out. Um, if you're from a different country, and this is your first Thanksgiving here, um, enjoy it, you know, make it your, your own Thanksgiving. You know, what are things that you celebrate? Are you celebrating that you're here? Um, are you bringing some of the foods from, from where you've come from to be here? I tell you, I just went to a DC area and I had the most enjoyable time talking with the Uber drivers, talking with the people that are there. I had an Uber driver and I probably said this on the last episode, but I want to say it again. The Uber driver was from Ethiopia and we talked about the things he liked about there and the differences between there and here and, and what it was like. And in talking with him, I thought, well, I want to go try and see what some Ethiopian food is like. So that night I took my grandchild and we went to an Ethiopian restaurant and we both loved it. We walked in and the aroma was incredible. And it's a lot of the same foods we have. There was onions and garlic and, and the beef, you know, I'm, I'm carnivore. I have to admit it, you know, <laughs> even though I made it a lot more vegetarian than I ever have before, but I still like my little bit of meat, but it was just amazing. And they did have a bread that was very different. Um, never had anything like it, but what a great experience. You know, I got to share that with my granddaughter. Then I got to know the woman who was there, how she made it through COVID, um, you know, just starting out. She'd only had a restaurant for two years. And so she'd had it a year. Uh, or two years before COVID hit. How did you manage through COVID? She goes, we did a lot of catering. So that was a service she had and, and she made it through there and she didn't start her restaurant until her kids were almost out of high school. Um, but there she is, it was wonderful to talk with her. And when I get the book done, I know it's taken me a little longer than usual, but the book I have are the best strangers in New York City and other places. They are going to be featured in there um, with their permission. I was able to take their photos, so I'll have photographs in there. Um, it's just going to be a wonderful book about, as I said in one of my previous episodes, friends, strangers, you know, they're pretty much the same thing. They're only a stranger because you haven't met them yet. And this was a wonderful way to get to know them. So maybe one of your traditions can be Go somewhere different that you haven't ever tried before. Ask around, see where people have Ethiopian food, or maybe they have uh, Taiwanese food, or Korean, or something. You know, try something very different. I see we're getting ready to go on break, and I am so excited to share with you what is going on with Mary and Joseph. So, when we return, we're going to get into that, and we'll see you right after the break. You've completed college or university, or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more, or were you? Yes. 
We each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Ellis will help you find your purpose. Listen for The Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to valueinyoupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Have a lot of fun with that. Um, so I did not mention one thing that a lot of people might see as quite confusing. The President of the United States pardoning a turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I'm actually <laughs> looking at a website here trying to figure out what is going on with that. And it, it was actually a stunt. Um, not necessarily a publicity stunt, but um, <laughs> I, I have to read it to you. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Um, so this is by Domenico. Boy, what is it with me and these words today? I am sorry if I butcher your name. Montanero. So he says, there's a lot. Uh, anyways, we'll finish that one. Um, it was a stunt of the year for the turkey lobby. It's a head-slapping reason for being coined a pardon, and the birds were never meant to be spared. They were meant to be eaten. But there was a lodge, lobby group going, um, and <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if you can see this. I'll explain it to you for those that are on audio. There are two turkeys sitting on the bed at the White House. <laughs> uh, I just just think that is so funny. Um, <laughs> we lobby to save the turkeys. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with Mary and Joseph. And the reason I'm I'm taking this whole section here for Mary and Joseph is because there's quite a bit bit I want to bring to your attention. So as we remembered last time. Uh, on our journey to the Christmas holiday is that Mary and Joseph uh, were kind of wondering what was going on. Joseph had decided to divorce Mary, which was a common thing to do, even if you weren't married. And then in, 
Joseph was told by an angel, nope, don't do this. Here's what's going on. So according to Luke 2, 5, it states that Mary, his wife, they went traveling together. And during this time, Mary's cousin Elizabeth, remember she went to see her right at first. Now she's having her little boy, um, John. So Mary and Joseph, who lived under the Roman rule, they were in I don't remember, in Egypt, I believe, at the time. Um, they're under Roman rule. It governed the whole Mediterranean world. Um, and the journey from where they were, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, was 90 miles. Now, I want you to think about that. 90 miles walking on a dirt road, dirt, gravel, rock, whatever it was. It wasn't paved. It wasn't, you know, a real well-maintained road. Um, she's about eight months pregnant. They have a donkey, not always the easiest thing to ride. Or she walked, they carried their food with them, they carried their water with them, they carried the food for the donkey with them, and it's getting colder out. So now they have to be dressed warmer. So we're going 90 miles journey, eight months pregnant. Um, you know, because Joseph was required to participate in the census. And at that time, you had to go to the land of, of your people, of your your birth. Um, they were going along the flatlands of the Jordan River. They also had to go over the hills that surrounded Jerusalem. And I've been over there. Those hills are not easy to navigate. They are not like, well, I mean, I don't know of any hills that are really easy to navigate, but these were like, steep and up it was, it was not a very easy journey and um a real grueling trip i can't imagine being eight months pregnant even though mary and joseph were really hard workers you had to be they they weren't of privilege so they had to work for what they they had. i mean they really had to work and all of us know what that's like um so how long would it have taken them to get to nazareth um it would have taken them, let's see, about 10 miles a day. And so probably about a 10-day journey. And it may seem, oh, 10 days is nothing. Have you walked for 10 days on a dirt road in sandals or riding a donkey while you're eight months pregnant? Plus, they had the danger of wild animals. Um, there were lions and bears and wild boar. Now, if you're in Texas, you understand about wild boar. Um, for those who aren't, it's, it's, they can be very dangerous. They can be very dangerous. There was also bandits, pirates of the desert, robbers that were common hazards along the, the route. And there were a lot of people traveling, so there was gonna be money traveling with them. Um, you also gotta think that, that this is around Normally in December and January, the lows are around 41. Uh, it could be, <coughs> excuse me, temperatures could reach, could reach 70. It's also the rainy season. So this may not have been the nicest time to go. There might have been mud and slippery mud, um, you know. So who knows what the conditions really were as far as weather went but it was cold at night, warm during the day. So you're wearing these woolen clothes, woolen socks, 
um, which, you know, if they get wet, they get heavy. Plus, there are no bathrooms along the route like we're used to. There is no running water. There are no toilets or toilet paper. So how uncomfortable is that? Um, Mary and Joseph would have had to rely on bread, herbs, and oil, which they carried with them. Maybe dried fish as protein um, had to carry the water, yeah, probably in wineskins. We're not sure. But this was a very tough journey. Um, and, and most of these facts came from Deacon Frederick Bartles, who's a member of the Catholic clergy. Um, part of it also comes from the LA Times archives, which you can read December 23rd, um, 1995. Oh, and that, that one said that archeologists have uncovered signs warning travelers these kind of dangers, the lions, of the bears, of the wild boar, of the bandits, uh, robbers. And you got to remember these robbers just didn't come up and say, stick up your hands and give me your goods. If you remember the story of the Good Samaritan, these robbers beat the crap out of them. Um, so it was a very dangerous place. And, you know, why not prey on a, on a young couple with a woman who's pregnant? They're not going to be able to do much, but they made it safely, and I'm really glad. Um, so we have a question. And what's your favorite Thanksgiving tradition or favorite thing to do? Mine is family. I mean, it, for me, it always goes to family, spending times with them. Um, and I just love my family. You know, I like I like the food. I like baking the pies. Um, I like having fun with the grandkids, baking cookies and getting flour everywhere and making a mess <laughs> and uh, just cleaning it up together. I remember um, I actually enjoyed cleaning up after holidays, uh, meal time, because it was more time with family. And usually you talked a lot more then and, and you found out more things and you got to clean up the leftovers <laughs> and do that thing. And I liked it that that we were together, that we were laughing, we were sharing stories. Um, I just liked being together. And and it is, it's a little tough this year, not being together, but um, you know, it's not gonna be forever. Things are temporary, life is fluid. If you think about life being fluid like water, it's, it's always moving, it's always going, it, it can change it can um it can be rough it can be smooth it can be look great on top but it's really wicked rough underneath you know you've got all kinds of things going on in the ocean they talk about about uh, um the undertoes you know in creeks and rivers you have little eddies that swirl under the water that you don't notice about but it's temporary. These things change all the time. Um, and life is like that. And so you change with them. You find what used to work maybe doesn't work anymore or what used to be isn't that way anymore. And now you have this, this new wonderful thing going on. Um, I like making pies. I like that everybody brought 
their food that they like eating and we'd bring them together and try different things out. You know, I never realized how much um, food really brings people together and, and our own flavors, even though we're from the same family, the same grandparents, you know, we're all cousins, but we have different favorites that we like, you know, the big traditional meal thing now is the green bean casserole with the green beans and what what is it the soup can of soup that goes in with it then the onions on top and I think people are starting to get away from that so much but you have all these amazing desserts and you have these amazing meals and maybe this year somebody made a turkey from their smoker and it's all tender and juicy inside and maybe somebody next year is going to put one in that big vat of oil and it just crisps that outside like crazy so it seals in all the flavor um maybe you put it in this big reynolds it looks like a plastic it's actually made up of silicone that you cook it in there and that keeps it there or maybe you don't have turkey maybe you have ham or maybe you don't have any meat and you're having a vegan um thanksgiving and those are amazing i mean there's so many amazing meals uh, my friend maya thornton um has a, a vegan uh cookbook i think it's still on amazon um she's a wonderful cook and here are all these new traditions that you can start with the different foods um maybe you watch the thanksgiving day parade in the morning together I remember the first time I stayed with a friend of mine for Thanksgiving morning and they watched the parade all morning long. It's something they did together as a family. And then in the, they had their meal and then in the afternoon they watched the football game together. And again, what I really liked was the way the family was together. No matter what else happened during the rest of the year, this was the day that everybody came together and enjoyed it together. Um, and and it's great, you know, my uh, good friend, she opened, they, her and her husband opened their home to those who maybe are traveling. Um, they don't have a place for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, they can't be with family because they have to be at this town or whatever. So they open up their home and they have different guests. And, and sometimes the guests are from overseas and they don't understand what's going on. And so we share the traditions that we have with each other in our own families and, and um, in the different countries. You know, I was talking about 15 different countries that celebrate a type of Thanksgiving and how exciting to learn what they have and what they do and what their meals are. So break time already. This is going so fast. Um, when we come back, we can talk a little bit about genealogy and what it means at the holidays. So we'll see you right after this break. You've completed college or university, or are working hard in your career. Perhaps you decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Perhaps you're wondering if who you really are got lost somewhere along the way. Asking, is this all there is? You know you were meant for more, or were you? Yes, we each have a purpose in life, and that purpose can be fulfilled. It doesn't matter if you are 18 or 80. You matter in this world, and especially in your world. Tune in to The Value in You Show with your guiding coach and mentor, Alice Kirkpatrick. Ellis will help you find your purpose. Listen for The Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick each Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
This is the Value in You Show with Ellis Kirkpatrick. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to valueinyoupodcast at gmail.com asking how to participate in the program. Now, back to the show. And I guess if I'm <laughs> going to tell you on the break, you know, to find your purpose, you need to know how to find that. So it's on www.lskirkpatrick.com, and it's Finding Your Me, helping you find your purpose in life. And if you think you know what it is, uh, one big clue is what really excites you, what really lights you up. And people want to hear about that. They want to know that. But you go to www.lskirkpatrick.com, look under Finding Your Me, and let's find out what your purpose is and, and what to do about it. Take some action on it and how that can happen. Okay, so I'm going to talk about genealogy now. It's the last Friday of the month. And so what can we do about genealogy? Why is it important? To do and and I'll talk about this each time because the why is really important. Why would you want to know? Well, now is the great time to ask questions. Your family's going to be there. You'll be around the older people who know the stories and what's going on. Um, so how do you approach it? Maybe they've lived on the same place for three generations, but there's this old stuff in the barn. Ask them what it is. What does that thing do? Maybe you know, but maybe you don't know the story of how it got to be on the barn. Um, one thing that that I was talking with somebody earlier about was, um, I have a picture, a photograph of my dad and my uncle standing in a rail car. Dad's on one side of the door that's open, my uncle's on the other side, and they have this huge hay bale that's actually bowed. It's so big. It's like three regular size uh, hay bales together. And there they are in this huge train car. And um, so, you know, I wanted to know the story about that. Uh, the combines, my dad was actually out there with the old scythe cutting the hay. They'd stack it up. The wagon would come through. They'd pitchfork it onto the wagon and then that would take it up there before combines came out. Um, you know, and and the combines are not like the ones you see in the fields now, but to hear the stories and find out how hard they really work, it was interesting. So get a digital recorder. And so you can record it. You can record on your phone, but you need to keep an eye on it to make sure it's still recording because sometimes they record for a little bit and then stop and you don't want to miss the information. Um, write down what you can. When you, you know, I was talking about that photograph, it, it's good to know why the photograph was taken, what's going on with it, who are the people in the photograph, where was it taken, you know, what, what was the time period? Um, these are all great questions to ask about the photographs. Um, ask, what, ask your grandmother what it was like for her when she got married. What was their courtship like? Um, how were things back then? Um, take If there are things that they're showing you, take photos of them and write down a description of what they're showing you and then write down what the item is. Like maybe um, they're showing you an old 
metal car. That was a toy that your grandfather or great-grandfather had. Describe the metal car and then describe what it is, toy of great-grandfather, but then tell the story about it. Have them tell you the story. There's always a story with something. Um, maybe you want to learn about some of the health things, like why didn't, was an uncle or grandfather blind? Was it later in years or were they always that way? Did they always have eye trouble? Um, how did your uncle lose part of his finger? Uh, who was in a war? Which war was it? And what was their title in the war? What did they do? How did they survive it? Um, where did we really come from? And how did our family end up in America? Um, what year did our family come to America? You talk about the health, the jobs, the schools, the fun things they did, the clothes they wear. I was talking with a neighbor lady and she said, and this was, gosh, this was almost 40 years ago. And she said, when she was a young lady, you never walked out of the house without a hat on your head. Totally unheard of. If you didn't have a hat on, you were not in very good standing. And I thought, how weird, you know, and hats are just kind of fun now, but they're not required. But back then it was, um, you know, talk about the houses where they lived. Did they live in a sod house? What's a sod house? Sod house is made out of chunks of soil and grass. Can you imagine living in a house that's all made out of grass piled on top of each other like bricks? Um, you know, it's not solid. There's bugs and mice and snakes that come in through that. That would just creep me out. And they had dirt floors. Find out what the floors were. How did you sweep a dirt floor? How did you keep your house clean? How did, you know, eight people live in a sod house with a dirt floor? Those are great questions to ask. Um, ask them what a corn crib is if they know if there's farming about there. Um, if they lived in town, talk about some of the things they did, riding uh, the streetcars. Um, let's see, uh, find out what life was like if they were around in the Dust Bowl days. Why did the Dust Bowl days happen? And it's not that you want the history. You want to know what your family was experiencing at that time. What were they they really thinking, were they afraid? Did they think they were not have food? Did they think it was always gonna be like that? Um, you could talk about some things during the war, maybe nobody in your family went to war, but they knew people who did. You know, were the people different? What sacrifices did they have to make? Um, one of the things I make in my meatloaf is something that came from the last war, World War II, to where you put oatmeal in with your meatloaf to spread it out because there wasn't much meat. Well, oatmeal is actually really good. It absorbs a lot of the, the uh, juices that go in there um, from the meatloaf. Um, you might want to ask some, some things that you've learned about in school, but maybe your grandparents, your aunts or uncles, even your own parents were alive during this happened. Um, talk about the holidays. How did they celebrate the holidays? What were things that were common for them to do? What was their Thanksgiving like? Is it anything like what we're having today? Um, you also want to maybe write down what you know. Tell your version of 9-11. 
tell your version of COVID and what it was like to go through that so you have it available for your children and grandchildren. Talk about the cars you owned, that you drove, things you did with your friends. Um, it might surprise you what some of these answers will be like when you start asking questions. Um, and you can take pictures of photographs and then write down who the people are in there um, and what it was all about. So this is a great time not only to find out about the history of your family, but find out about the people in your family and what they're like. Um, I, I really wish I would have known this when I was younger and written down a lot of the things. Um, and, and it's good to share. You know, maybe you can find out from some of your cousins, some of the stories they've heard. Maybe they've heard a story that you haven't heard about before. Um, but it's good to record it. It's good to um, to just talk with each other about who your family is. Found out where you really came from and how that plays into who you are today. I really want you all to just have an amazing holiday together. Enjoy your time together. Um, enjoy this time and think of things that you can be thankful for. Remember, this is, is not a, a holiday about what happened in the past, but it's more of a holiday about what's happening in your lives right now. How can I be thankful for everything that I have? You know, um, I'm thankful that we're soon to have a house. Waited six years to have a house and, and it's finally going to happen. I'm thankful that I have my family that I can call them on Zoom or, you know, FaceTime with them and see them, not just talk to them on the phone or, or think about them or get a letter, but actually get to see them. Um, so just try to think of, oh, I wanted to tell you, there are, what is it, 800, 8,000, over 8,000 hours in a year. And we're only asking for one of those hours to be thankful and grateful. I think it was like 8,770 hours in one year. Um, on one place I looked at, another one said something about 8,600 and something. But out of those, we're only asking for one hour to be thankful and grateful for all that we have. We're thankful and grateful that we're alive. We're thankful and grateful that we can be there to comfort each other, to be there for those that are hurting, that are in hospitals, and take care of each Thank other. Thank you for listening to The Have Value in You Show. Ellis returns Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember that you have great value. You are worthy, and you are enough. Do you matter? <laughs>